Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CDL Podcast channel. In this episode today, we are going to be talking about some of the teams and the matches from last week, week two of Major 3, uh, and then getting into predictions for the final week of Major 3, and talking about a little bit of news that's going on in the in the CDL, in the game. The game is changing a little bit, so excited to get into all of that. If you guys enjoy this one on YouTube, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe. And if you're on the audio platforms, if you drop a follow and a review on there, it would be greatly appreciated. Uh, but without further ado, let's just get right into it. Start off, like I said, with a, just a bit of news. Um, first one, not involving Vanguard actually at all, or the CDL really, but... The Modern Warfare 2 official release date is October 28th. That just sounds so odd to say Modern Warfare 2 officially releases on uh, October 28th, 2022, just because obviously Modern Warfare 2 been a title before, just like when they initially announced Modern Warfare, it was so weird. But just hearing Modern Warfare 2 and saying it's a new game uh, sounds very odd. They announced game releasing October 28th. Uh, like always, I'm very excited for the game. Uh, just as a Call of Duty fan, I always get very excited. But as you guys know, with the re uh, the recent releases, it is sometimes a little harder to get super excited about the game because we haven't had the greatest games for the past few years. Uh, I wasn't uh, an absolute hater of Cold War. I thought it was an okay game, but you know, Vanguard, not the greatest title. And before Cold War, Modern Warfare, not the greatest title. Uh, and you guys know I was a pretty big fan of Black Ops 4, but um really everything post black ops 4 has been kind of mediocre at best games so hopefully mw can uh mw2 can change this but uh there's not much to talk about with the game since we don't have any kind of like gameplay reveals we've only heard like rumors that um there's no sliding in the game which could be promising but if it's still tax sprint uh doors breakables squad spawning uh there's only so much promise the game can have so hopefully that that's not the case but seen as it is infinity ward and that seems to be where call of duty is headed i don't have my hopes high but um i'm also one of those people that doesn't like when people just write off a game before it's even out and just like say it's going to be trash so i'm definitely not going to do that i'm going to keep my uh positive mindset on keep my hopes up and hope that the game ends up being really good because we're going to play it for two years so we better hope it's a good game or uh cdl is going to be in trouble uh in terms of Vanguard news, though, some class changes came in. Uh, interesting and actually could change the game in some major ways. Uh, Ninja and Tack Mask, uh, I believe it's called Survival Training in this game, uh, were both moved to the Perk 3 slot instead of Perk 1. Uh, and this creates for a bit of debate with how you should use your classes. Uh, as you know, uh, Tack Mask or Survival Training was Perk 1. That was like literally never used because um, Fortified or flak jacket was in the perk one slot so there was really no need to use anything else unless i was maybe search and destroy and you wanted to use ninja to be silent which is what most people did there was really no reason to use tack mask ever because in respawns you just run fortified so you couldn't get naded uh, as easily or you'd run ninja and search to be silent uh, or as close to silent as possible instead of being very loud when you don't have it and now with tack mask moved to slot three I still don't really think we're gonna see it used all that much. Um, we potentially could, but I don't know that that'll be the case. Uh, tech mask, I mean, obviously very helpful. Uh, for those of you that don't know, if you're maybe newer to Call of Duty, it just basically reduces the effects that stun grenades have on you so you aren't stunned as long or like as heavily. Uh, but I don't know that this will be used because now with Ninja in that slot and respawn, people might not want to be sound horde as much, especially when they're playing online matches and it's easier to do that. Um, they can have Ninja on now as long uh, or as well as they have fortified on or i think double time is still in the perk three slots like that could still be used as well because double time gives you faster crouch movement which really doesn't matter but it gives you 30 percent or like double the um tax sprint 
duration, which is pretty big to um, get to cuts and stuff, which is one of the reasons I said this could majorly change the game. Uh, let's say people do and pros do decide to end up using uh, attack mask or ninja in their third slot instead of double time. It could really change up the game because it changes up timings, uh, especially if they're like using attack mask. Um, not only would they be stunned for less time, so stuns would play different, but also with double time gone, they don't have as much attack sprint time, which would technically make players slower on the map and could change up timings. And uh, we could see players being thrown off, which like at a macro level in terms of like in ranked play, you probably wouldn't notice a huge difference because like the average level of, uh, level of player in ranked play obviously isn't nearly as high as it is in the CDL. So I could see this being a major change. Um, just with minute timing differences, if it if it throws off a, a usual timing by two seconds, it could really throw off a pro because they're so used to their timings with how much they practice and get used to those uh, said timings. So it'll be interesting to see how this uh, this works. I if I had to guess, I would assume we're still going to see fortified in every perk one slot. Obviously, there's no reason not to use it now, uh, and then we'll see ninja for sure in search. But I think we might still see double time, but it'll be interesting to see the meta shift. Like I said, so uh, interested to see if if pros decided just like not change the game a lot because you know at times they'll just ga out tack mask and ninja and respawn maybe and they'll just like make sure everybody runs double time so things aren't messed up i could see them doing that but i hope they don't because uh any meta shift even if it's the slightest of slight things is always welcome uh getting into some news uh, and like talk on teams and matches from last week we're not going to dive individually into each match because like you guys watched them uh, you don't need me to dive deep into every single map that was played. There are a lot of matches played, but kind of some overarching stories from the past week. Uh, Dashi confirmed that Illy isn't getting replaced. I mean, I kind of thought this was pretty obvious, but it didn't uh, make news headlines that people were saying, oh, they saw Dashi uh, in the clip of him saying that Illy isn't getting replaced. Uh, this, in my opinion, isn't a shock. I would say maybe if it was another organization and not Optic, it would maybe be a shock because uh, if a guy like Prolute steps in and Optic hasn't lost since he stepped in and they looked very good and he's especially looked very good. Um, he was a beast in that series versus phase. He had like a 1.38. So I would think on most CDL teams, like a lot of people would be like, this guy's got to keep a spot. But you know how Optic works. Like this shouldn't be a shock to anybody. We know that Optic tends to stick with their players, even if maybe a roster change is fully needed. Like last year, you could kind of see that maybe that roster wasn't going to work out and they needed a change, but they're just unwilling to do it unless something like absolutely has to be done because that's just kind of the way Optic operates and we know that. So I don't know why people are exactly shocked um, that Illy would be getting his spot back. Uh, it's not like Prolute hasn't earned his shot. I believe wholeheartedly that Prolute could easily stay on this team and they could be successful. And I fully believe that like from the way he's been playing, he deserves a shot on another CDL team. It's just, it's fortunate and unfortunate for him that he is an optic fortunate because he gets to play with some great players and on an org that if you play well, you're going to get crazy love. Uh, because we know how popular Optic is, so he's going to get crazy love um, for playing the way he has and going to have a lot of eyes on him, which will change his career. But also unfortunate because like he would have to literally be dropping 2.5s in every series to get this spot, even if he was like clear in a way a better player than Illy, a better fit for the team, and like did everything better. Uh, it's almost impossible for him to get that spot just because of the way Optic operates. Not saying it's fair or anything, but... Um, just with the way they operate, you just you just can't see Illy losing his spot unless he was playing absolutely terrible, which, I mean, pre-injury, Illy was playing just fine. I mean, he was fantastic at Major 1 when they won, and overall, uh, they were very good with him still. So uh, not a shock that he's not getting replaced. But speaking of OpTic, uh, they moved to 5-0 and against FaZe this year, if you include the Pro-Am, otherwise 4-0 if you don't. Uh, and I think an interesting thing on this is not only are they 5-0, and including the Pro-Am, but three different rosters, obviously the normal roster of Dashi, Illy, Skump, and Shotzi. 
uh, would be 3-0 and against them. And the roster with General in for Illy is 1-0. and And then the roster now with Prolude in for Illy is 1-0. So three different rosters, 5-0 and total. They haven't dropped a match to phase this year. Um, people were talking about the mental block. I know in uh, the past episode I had mentioned that I don't know that the mental block's really necessarily real. I think could just be a, a thing of two great teams going up against each other and Optic just happens to be the better team in this game and have their number. Um, but I mean, at some point, maybe the mental block is real. Maybe I'm just wrong. And I, I don't know as much about, uh, this stuff as like these pros know, like enable is always talking about how like optic had a mental block versus his phase team in AW when they were losing a lot of finals and stuff. So maybe it's true. Maybe it's real. Maybe they do have a mental block. Um, it's wild though, that optic just hasn't lost to them a single time, especially two different times having a substitute now uh, with general and pro loot. Not that they're not good players, but like you'd think phase at full strength against a team that's kind of learning how to play with a fill-in uh, would probably be able to get at least one W. Phase took the search and destroy only in that series this week, and then Optic beat them in three respawns. So wild to see. Uh, I still have faith that like when it comes down to it, anytime these teams are playing, I still believe that Phase can win anytime uh, because they are Phase. They are supremely talented. We know they can beat anybody at any time. But like, like I said, I'm basically picking Optic to beat Phase every time they play until. I see otherwise and this weekend pretty much solidify that because it's almost impossible to pick phase like you got to figure at some point if they keep playing like phase is going to get over that hump and beat them but man at five and oh you really wonder if it's coming for them uh, but optic continue to look great prolude's a beast uh excited to see what optic can do at the land uh really either if they're playing with illy or prolude doesn't matter i'm excited to see what they can do because they seem to be in that top top form and look like the clear-cut best team in the game so I'm interested to see if they can translate that to land and get a win in Toronto, uh, regardless of who's filling in on the roster, whether it's Illy or Pro Loot. Uh, another little interesting thing that happened this week, Scrappy made his CDL debut for Toronto. Uh, I believe Insight was feeling ill under the weather, couldn't play in the match, so Scrappy subs in for their match against the New York Subliners, and they get the job done, 3-2. Uh, and it's not like they played some like scrub team. New York is a, a very good team. Scrappy was really the best player on Toronto as well with a 1.26. He had the most damage on their team as well. 115 kills and 91 deaths, crazy engagements. Uh, and it was a, a pretty decent win for uh, Toronto, especially with the filling, considering they won two search and destroys, which, you know, can be tough to do with a player filling in. Uh, they won the, the map four and five after being down two one, as well as that map two search on Berlin. And Scrappy really put it all together. I believe they were down 3-0 in that final map five, and then uh, Toronto rattles off six straight rounds. Scrappy had 10 kills in that final map. Uh, he was just really doing it all. Uh, obviously, it was a pretty big talk. Krim really struggled in the series. He had some very bad maps. He went 81 and 114 overall for a .7. Uh, but Scrappy, big-time news. Uh, he came out, and he played very well, and they beat a, a very good team in New York. So a big debut from Scrappy. I'm still kind of sad that... He ended up signing that contract with Toronto. I know like uh, the boys in the reverse sweep and aches and all of them have been kind of talking about that was a very odd decision to make. And I fully agree because he was probably about the hottest prospect coming out uh, of that Toronto or excuse me, not Toronto of that Minnesota challengers event. He was probably the hottest prospect coming out because he had won the event uh, and it wasn't necessarily expected. Everybody was expecting like Texas nation to win that event. Uh, and he comes out, he wins it and he was pretty much regarded widely by everyone as the best player the best challenger player at that event so like he probably could have had his pick of like what team he wanted to go to maybe no team offered him a starting spot right away and then he just goes and signs a subcontract 
with Toronto Ultra to be like officially signed to them and not just their academy team. Kind of odd. I almost wish he wouldn't have done that. I get a uh, young kid. He gets a contract thrown in front of him. You never know if that opportunity is going to come back. I fully understand why he takes it, and it's hard not to take it because that's guaranteed money, uh, some security, and, you know, as a super young kid with maybe no steady income in challengers, because, you know, it can be kind of tough with the way prize money is and uh, orgs not really salarying too many players. It can be tough, so I can see why he takes it, but kind of wish he wouldn't so he'd have the freedom to go wherever he wants because this kid is super talented, uh, and I'm excited to see where he lands because I would assume with the way Toronto has operated, they're probably just going to sub Insight right back in and keep the same roster, but you never know. This is something in uh, Toronto's back pocket now. If they continue to struggle down the stretch or something, they could always bring in Scrappy and uh, try to pull off some miracle run with just an immense amount of talent on the roster. So interested to see where that goes, but big debut from Scrappy. Uh, and then on the side of New York, um, this week, you know, not a terrible week in general for them. They they 3-0 Paris, kind of tough to take anything from that with how bad Paris is playing, and they did look good against uh, against Toronto. Krim really, really, really struggled, uh, and apparently there were some server issues in that final map, but New York overall not losing much confidence in them. Uh, Thieves, kind of a dark week for them, I guess. Uh, do they need to blow it up? Do they need to listen to Aches, blow it up, as he always says? Uh, they dropped this week to the surge 3-0 in their only match um like it's just so odd like it's kind of in my opinion what i think is wild is the fact that we're like questioning do they need to blow it up because if this was any other team any other org than the los angeles thieves i feel like everybody would have been like blow it up already uh like this week kenny and envoy the sub duo on la thieves dropped 0.63s both of them exactly a 0.63 uh draza with a 0.94 octane with a 1.04 and then like on the side of surge sib and mac Dropped dual 1.4s, accuracy at a 1.3, and even Pred, he had a 0.9. There's not many kills left with your teammates all being that positive, and Pred still had a 0.92. Um, just overall, Thieves getting just annihilated. Um, they continue to really struggle in search. They looked horrible in control this week. Um, overall, just dominated. Kenny looks completely uncomfortable on the sub and looks terrible, which I really thought he was going to thrive in that role, and I really thought the role swap was something that needed to happen, and I thought they'd pick things up and, like, Overall at the land, Kenny did struggle, but at times he showed flashes, and Draza looked very good on the new role. So I'm almost wondering, like, on any normal team, Kenny would have been subbed out by now because he was on the flex, was playing pretty good, and then they move him to his more natural sub role that we've seen him play before, and he really, really struggles, can't seem to get it done. So they, on any other team, they'd probably move him to the bench, uh, keep Envoy because stats-wise, Envoy has been arguably their best player. Uh, I know there's an argument for the the style of play he has maybe is hurting them but in terms of just looking at the pure raw stats like a lot of gms tend to do i would think envoy would stay in the roster and they'd maybe drop kenny but it's it's tough because the caliber of players in this team like we know kenny and octane are two all-time greats uh envoy is one of the hottest uh young prospects i mean he's been in the game for a few years now but like since really black ops 4 and he emerged on gen g he was viewed as a top player mw viewed as a top player even cold war viewed as a top player like He's been viewed as a top player for a long time, and Draza has also been viewed as, since he, he came on to the OGLA squad, he's been viewed as a pretty pretty good young prospect. So it's tough to say this Thieves team needs to blow up because, like, you look at the roster on paper, and it, it seems like a great roster. Like, they should be so good, and they've shown flashes this year, but it might be time to blow it up. I don't exactly know what the move is. Uh, I think it's hard to say, like, Envoy needs to go. I can see a world where that is the case because of his play style but at the same time like stats wise he's been their best player and we know he's a very good player if given the right situation so i don't know where to go you guys know it's tough for me to say drop kenny because he's my favorite player in the cdl so there is some bias there but something's got to happen uh, i don't know if it 
needs to be a two-player change or like they need to blow it up and just like try to bring in pentagram who's their substitute but something's got to change here because this roster is really 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 struggling uh and they shouldn't be struggling this much for how much talent they really have on paper uh couple more teams that i want to talk about from this past week before we jump into predictions for the final week of qualifiers for major three that's minnesota are they for real um it's hard to keep denying them and saying that like you know it's a fluke because at this point now they're four and uh they beat toronto who is i would consider a pretty good team uh even though like toronto hasn't been crazy this year like it's like it's not like toronto is ever a slouch team like we know the the caliber of players they have are very good players uh, but Minnesota does, you know, the classic Minnesota versus Toronto. They reverse swept them. Uh, that's like seems what seems to be what they're like addicted to doing is just reverse sweeping Toronto. Uh, ever since that major five uh, ultra reverse sweep where they beat them uh, from 4-0 down. But very good series from Priesta and Havoc. Priesta with a big bounce back, 107 and 88 in this series with the most damage on the team, a plus 19 for a 1.22. Uh, with how much he's been struggling, that's good to see from P-Dog. Havoc with another really good series, most kills on the team, and, you know, Attach and Standy, they weren't anything crazy, but they both dropped .96s and were all over the map looking pretty good. On the side of Toronto, uh, not a terrible series from them, obviously, if it goes 3-2, but just a win from Minnesota that showed some composure. We know, obviously, they've been struggling in respawn. They're able to take two respawns in the series, winning a control and a hard point, as well as that final Desert Siege search. Uh, and in that final map, Havoc went absolutely massive, going 13-7. and seven. So big plays from him. Uh, Havoc's been playing really well since they since they picked him up on Minnesota. Uh, Post-Pro-Am, I guess, they really struggled at the Pro-Am. Uh, and then they beat Mr. Inconsistency of the CDL, and that is Florida. Priesta had another 1.22 in this series. Attach had a 1.2. Uh, and then Havoc was around a 1 as well. So, you know, another good series in Minnesota. Uh, not necessarily going to say that beating Florida is impressive because Florida, as we know at times, uh, looks like the greatest team that has ever existed and then at times looks like they literally couldn't beat uh, a random 1500 elo ranked team uh florida is just the most inconsistent team that's ever existed so tough to take anything from that match but minnesota's 4-0 so it's hard to deny and say that they are like a complete fluke because they're 4-0 in this stage they're obviously going to be in winner's bracket they have a potential to be the number one seed uh, and it's looking like the number one seed could be a very big deal because the drop-off uh, in terms of where we believe teams are at seems to be pretty big at that point like uh, right now, your top four in standings goes Rocker, Optic, Surge, then Phase, and then even five and six, Ultra and Subliners, two teams that we feel are, are pretty good teams. Then once you drop to seven, it's Breach. Uh, I would expect Breach, you know, who do they have this week? They have Thieves in Florida. Breach could obviously move up from that eight spot. I would expect them to move up from that eight spot this week. So it's looking like uh, the eight spot is probably going to end up being like Mutineers, Thieves, ravens even gorillas like they all have one win and they're fighting for that final spot uh all those teams are struggling ravens are struggling with a new identity gorillas look horrible they've only beaten paris uh thieves are one and two they look to be really struggling and mutineers you know their mr inconsistency in minnesota just took them out so it's looking like that one seed could be a big deal for minnesota if they're able to secure it uh and all they've got to do to secure it this week is beat atlanta phase so a tough task uh but you never know they could do it they're a hot team right now um, but I think they're for real. Uh, I'd like to see it at the land though. I'm not ready to like call them a instant championship contender or favorite at major three. Cause I really want to see them do it on land first, but I do think they're in a good, good place. And I could very easily see them making a, a top four run at the major last team, the breach. They continue to beat teams. They should beat, but once again, get three out by phase. Like it's the story of the breach. It's what I've been saying since the, since the beginning, they seem like that team that is like 
the gatekeeper of like the top five, top four, because everybody below that, they'll consistently beat you. Uh, but then everybody above them, they like can't seem to get a win. Like they beat London this week. Uh, everybody in the team dropping 1.06 is Nero cap 1.05 for methods and a 1.16 for TJ. They just overall had a good series. They lose the map one hard point to Ravens. Then they win a search three the control and then win a hard point. So like breach be a team like London who they should beat uh, as they start to keep working in Harry and have been struggling a little bit without gizmo. And then they go up against Atlanta phase and in typical breach first phase fashion, they get three owed uh, overall just fried in the series. Selium our cities just fried them. Uh, everybody, with a negative KD on the side of Boston. So, like, it's just typical breach. It's what I've been saying about them all year. It's like, I don't know when this story's going to change. Uh, it's kind of like when Kyle and I were talking earlier this year, and I was like, I think breach might have to potentially make a change. Uh, and it sounds odd, but, like, I feel like they just need more, like, superstar talent. Like, I think Nero's a good player. I think Capsule's a good player. I think Methods is a good player. I think TJ's a good player. I think they're all very good players. But I don't know that they have the slaying upside to to take out a team that's a top-level team like FaZe. So uh, I think on their best day, they might be able to. But I, I feel like in order to be a consistent team and a, and a very good team, you have to be able to beat teams, you know, on what isn't your best day. Like, you have to be able to take anyone out. And I feel like the stars have to align for Boston to beat a top team. So I don't know if this roster is going to be the roster that can get them over the hump. Uh, but we'll see. Because of how consistent they are in search and destroy, and they're good enough in respawn, they always have that chance. But, like, it's going to take a perfect storm, kind of like LAG winning 10 searches in a row uh, for them to be able to win something. So tough look for Breach, but uh, I still do believe that they're constantly going to find themselves towards the top six uh, because of how good and consistent they are in search and destroy and how much they tend to stay in series. All right, that's all I want to talk about for matches last week and, you know, uh, some of the teams and where my, my thoughts are on them coming out of last week. Going into the final week of Major 3 for the qualifiers, uh, I've got the matches up on the screen and going to make my predictions for those. Going to kind of go through those pretty quickly so I can get you guys on out of here. But first day of matches, uh, got a battle of Paris Legion versus Toronto Ultra. Uh, kind of an odd match. Uh, I would assume Insight's going to be back for this one, I guess, as to the point I'm recording this and I hit record, we hadn't heard that like Scrappy was going to stay in or Insight was going to come back. I'm assuming it's not a long-term switch. Like they said, Insight was just not feeling great for the match. Uh, and right now, you know, I started this, this stage having a little more confidence in Paris coming out of that Pro-Am because, you know, you guys know me. I, I like Donnie Temp, and I was always kind of cheering for Paris to get better at some point because it's no fun to watch them just suck all the time. Uh, but I'm going to have to go Ultra here. I'm going to go in a 3-1 fashion. I do think Donnie Temp's going to play really well. I do think Ultra is shaky enough in their respawns that I think there is a way that Paris Legion can take the the first hard point there or the control. I can see a world where this does go five because Paris does tend to extend some series here with Temp and then they always seem to blow them, but they do tend to extend series. And I do think that they're, you know, overall not an absolutely horrible team. They have like some players that have random pop-off moments that allow them to win maps. And like I said, with Ultra being a bit of a shaky respawn team, I'll, I'll take my odds on Paris being able to take one of those respawns and get a map. Uh, so 3-1 Ultra is what we're going. Second match, battle of the the sea teams, the ocean teams, Florida Mutineers and Seattle Surge. Surge, once again, like talk about a hard series to predict because at times Surge look like they are uh, the major three champions uh, bound to be. And then at times they look like they are not going to even be in the winner's bracket. And it's the same thing with Florida. At times, like man, at some of those points in the major two, like after they beat Optic, they look like they're an unbeatable force and they're so good and they slay so well. And then other times it's like they lose matches and you're like, dude, is this team like for real? Like, do they need to blow it up? It's like, 
Such a weird team. These are two of the hardest teams to predict. But when it comes down to it, I feel better about the Surge roster. Um, I think the roles make more sense. I like the sub-duo on Surge just a tad bit more, I think. Uh, I really like Mac and Pred a lot. You guys know I've been a big Mac fan all year, and I do think Pred has a lot of talent, although I do think he plays very fast sometimes. Uh, rather than like the Skies and Vivid duo, I think I'm a little more faith in them. In terms of the flexes, uh, I like the way that Sib plays the game better than Awakening, although I do think they're both pretty slay-heavy uh, flexes that are very good players. Uh, and then you got the Accuracy versus Dave Patty battle. I'm uh, definitely on Team Accuracy in that battle. I do think... Uh, with the system Seattle has too, they tend to be a very, very organized team and Lamar keeps them in line uh, and Florida tends to be the opposite of that. So I think Surge has the upper hand here. I wanted to pick a 3-2, but at the same time, Florida really either like win series 3-0 uh, or 3-1 or loses them 3-0, 3-1. They don't have many game fives at all. So I'm going to go Seattle 3-1 here as well. Um, but like I said, I always say it with Florida, could easily see Florida somehow winning this one because whenever you pick against them, they seem to win and like they're just unpredictable. Final match on Friday, Minnesota Rocker versus Atlanta Phase. Rocker going for the perfect 5-0 record in qualifiers. Uh, I don't think that would technically lock up the one seed for them because Optic does play subliners and thieves. And I think if they win two, they'd be 5-0 as well. So then it would probably come down to like a map record tiebreaker. Uh, and I know Minnesota does have a lot of 3-0, 3-1. So like there's definitely a possibility they could find themselves as the one seed but uh, i would say a win here would give them a very good chance to be the one seed because obviously optic would have to beat both new york and thieves in order to tie them in terms of the five and all record but i don't think minnesota is gonna be able to get it done here it's tough to ever pick against phase i always say it uh, i do think minnesota has very much improved but i don't know if they're ready to beat a team like phase like we're debating maybe minnesota is a top four top three team right now with how how good they've looked and you know really it seems like optic one phase two and then after that it's kind of a bunch of question marks like you got new york up there you maybe got minnesota up there but even after those teams like london used to be there but they've been struggling surge used to be there but they've been struggling even breach same thing used to be there but they've been struggling ultra um who are they do we know are they actually really good or is this kind of a little hot stretch like after we get past that optic one phase two it's kind of a bunch of question marks on where we want to order those next four or five teams so uh, Minnesota with a win here they could definitely cement themselves into that top four top three for sure but I just don't think they're gonna be able to get it done I do think it goes potentially to a map five although I I would favor Minnesota in a map five I think if they were to happen so I'm gonna go phase three one it's gonna be three three ones on day one I know it's kind of a boring way to pick it but it comes down to the fact that I do think if this goes maps uh to a map five I like Minnesota search and destroy more than I like phase. So for that reason, I think I'm going to say Minnesota takes the map to search phase beats them in three respawns kind of like you'd expect, but I definitely see a world where Minnesota, if they're able to steal a respawn, I think they can win this series because I, like I said, I do think they're the better search and destroy team phases looked very shaky, even though they did beat optic in a search last week, they've looked overall pretty shaky recently. Moving on to Saturday, another phase match phase versus LAG. Don't know that we have to spend much time on this one. LAG has looked shaky, to say the least. They 3 2 Paris for their only win so far of Stage 3. They're still working Gunless back into the roster. Uh, I'm going Phase 3-0 here. you got to pick some 3-0s, I always say, and then this seems like a pretty obvious candidate for it. Next match, Toronto versus London. London obviously still working in Harry. Like I said, Toronto, we're not fully sure if they're playing with uh, scrappy or insight haven't really heard if insights illness or uh, whatever was going on is like long term or could affect him or if it was just you know on the day he was feeling terrible couldn't play and scrappy subbed in but in this match i think i'm gonna go ultra again i'm, I'm gonna go three two on this one though 
Uh, Ultras tend to play, I think, both of their series. If I look here uh, last week, yeah, Ultra lost 3-2 to Rocker and then beat New York 3-2. Both their series went to a map five last week. That tends to be what they like to do, it seems like, recently. And I do think London are a good team. So I do think they have the ability to stretch this to a map five, but I trust Ultra Search and Destroy always. I think this is going to be a classic case of maybe Ultra win 2-4-5 uh, or 1-2-5. So I think Ultra win this one 3-2. Oh, boy. Next match, Thieves versus Breach. Uh, for some reason, I was kind of looking ahead a little bit at who teams played. I didn't notice Thieves do play two good teams this week. Uh, they played Breach and Optic, which could very easily knock them to, what, 1-4. and four. I believe they are 1-2. and two. Yeah, they're one and two. Thieves definitely in danger of starting losers bracket again because I don't think they're going to beat Optic later in the week. So obviously they have to beat Breach and they have to probably beat them in like a 3-0 fashion in order to really improve that map count and guarantee themselves two wins. Because we know two and three can get you into the bottom of that winners bracket. Uh, but I don't think Thieves are going to get it done here. Uh, you guys know I tend to pick against Boston a lot. I'm not a person that has a ton of faith in them. But the one thing I like about Boston is what they do well, Thieves does horribly. And that's mainly search and destroy. Uh, I think Boston is going to be able to take the search and destroys in this series. I do think it's going to be another five game series. Uh, I know I'm picking three Oh, and then three, two, three, two. And the next series, I might pick another three, two, but, uh, I'm going to go three, two Boston here. I like them just like I said with, uh, with Minnesota or excuse me with ultra in that London series. I like them to take two search and destroys. I also like Boston to take two search and destroys. Cause like I was saying, uh, what Boston does best search and destroy is really what thieves does worst search and destroy. Uh, so I do like Boston in that part of the matchup. Uh, and then I, I like their chances to find a respawn. Uh, they do struggle in control. I think thieves will take that, but I, I think Boston finds a way to take one of the hard points as well as, uh, maps two and five, both search and destroys and they take out thieves three, two. All right. Subliners optic is our final match on Saturday. Mountain Dew marquee match. This is a good one. I believe it's the first time we're going to see optic versus subliners, especially with this new roster iteration. Um, with Prolude in and then with Kismet and Paul Exen. I'm very excited for this one. I do think this is potentially where Optic sees their first loss. I don't think they're going to be losing later in the week uh, or later in the day, the weekend. God, excuse me, can't even talk uh, to Thieves. So I do think Optic's finishing with at least four wins, but I, I could see uh, a world where New York is able to upset them. And this could end up being a pretty big match for New York. Um, probably is going to mean more to them than it means for Optic, because Optic with three wins obviously pretty much has winner's bracket locked up. Uh, but New York, they are at uh, two and two. So, you know, pretty much I would say there's a good chance they're locked into winner's bracket. But you never know, with loss in a, maybe like a 3-0 fashion or something, with the way the map counts could work, uh, could knock New York down to loser's bracket where they don't want to be. So, oh, it's a tough one. I did back-to-back three twos. I think I'm going to go 3-1 on this one. I think New York take a respawn off optic either the map one or map three i think they probably take the map one uh, and then optic rattles off three straight they write off a search it's it's tough to beat optic in control as we know they've pretty much been wire to wire the best control team in the game so far this year so i think new york probably ends up taking the map one and then optic rattles off two three four straight uh even if this was going to a map five i think i'd still favor optic because i do believe that their search and destroy uh is better than new york's at the time but I think this is probably the series, you know, of the ones we've said so far. I'm really looking forward to that uh, Rocker and Phase series from day one. And then really, the, the first three series on Saturday are not really catching my eye. I'm not really looking forward to the Phase Gorillas, Ultra Ravens, Thieves Breach. Like, all the series are kind of eh to me, but I'm really looking forward to this Optic versus Subliner series. Two, two teams that I believe, Optic, the number one team, and I think New York are 
around that three or four team right now. So excited for this one, but I'm going Optic 3-1. Going into the final day of matches, got some interesting ones. Really not too many top teams playing, if we're being honest. Uh, Surge versus Ravens could be a decent seeding implication game. Obviously, Ravens going to be either 2-2 two and two or 1-3. and three. Uh, Surge in the same boat going to be 2-2 two and two or 3-1, and one, so... Uh, Surge could be playing to get really a top seed. Ravens could be playing for their winner's bracket lives here. Um, I'm going to go with Surge, though. I think that might surprise a lot of you guys. Like, I've been a Ravens stan all year, but, like, I don't know. Something about this team since since Gizmo had, you know, some, some behind-the-scenes stuff going on with his family. Uh, a tough situation where, you know, maybe mentally he just wasn't in the game. Can't blame him because, obviously, when you're going through stuff outside the game, it's going to be hard to stay focused, uh, especially stuff that's really affecting your day-to-day -day life like it was with him and his family. So since gizmo went out they've really struggled and it's hard to have faith in ravens i'm not saying it's easy to have faith in surge with their inconsistencies but i always like tend to lean with what team do i think has more talent and right now i think the raw talent and maybe organization of surge is just a little bit better and i'm going to pick them in a three to two fashion moving on to the next match two teams that i hate to pick florida and boston it seems like uh i just don't have faith in boston against any top team like i said and florida Every time I pick them, they just always end up getting 3-0'd or 3-1'd. And then every time I pick against them, they dominate some good team. Uh, so it's the two teams I hate to pick, the two teams that always do me wrong. So one of them would, oh man, you'd think if, if there was a time that one of them was going to do me right, it would be this time right here. So hopefully it's going to be Boston because I'm taking Boston here in a 3-1 fashion. 3-1, uh, I think Florida, once again, probably take uh, the map one hard point. Actually, no. We'll we'll say Florida are are down 2-0 and take the control because Boston tends to really struggle in control. So I think Boston's going to close it out maybe through two hard points and a search and destroy in a 3-1 fashion. Then the final match of Sunday, Mountain Dew marquee match. Optic gets both marquee matches this weekend. Uh, they play against the LA Thieves. Man, you know, this would typically be a better match. Uh, I get why it's the, the marquee match because, you know, the rest of the matches on this day aren't great. And, you know, Thieves and Optic are two very large brands in the CDL, arguably the two biggest. I think I'm still going to lean Optic here, though. It's hard not to pick them. I'm going to say 3-0 because Thieves have shown me nothing. Uh, Optic looks like a very good hardpoint team. They look very good in search where Thieves look extremely weak and they are still the best control team. So it's very tough to see a way that Thieves win a map. I would venture to say... Thieves, if they're going to win one, would probably be the hard point because I don't see them beating Optic in a search or a control. Uh, maybe the only other way is if Optic is 4-0 at this point and Minnesota's also lost a phase already and they're 4-1 and it's like pretty much a guarantee Optic could get one seed. I could see them kind of working on their map pool with Pro Loot uh, in case they are having to play with him at the Major and maybe want to expand that a little bit for a potential best of nine final. I could maybe see a world where Thieves makes it more competitive. If Optic are just trialing maps, which sounds super disrespectful, but that's kind of the point we're at with Thieves. They've looked pretty terrible. So I'm going Optic 3-0, uh, maybe with some contingencies of they could potentially be trying on other maps, but I, I just don't see a world where Thieves are able to not only beat Optic, but even keep this really competitive with how bad they've looked and how great Optic have looked. Uh, that's going to do it for this one overall, though. I, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, kind of another little shorter episode, but... Right now, uh, there's not as much to talk about because really roster changes aren't shifting as much. There's not as much news. We're kind of in that lull of the middle of the year post uh, midseason break where things are dying down a little bit. There isn't as much hype for the new game yet. And, you know, 
going into champs there haven't been those like champs roster changes yet because we're not quite there but i hope you guys did enjoy this one if you guys are on the audio platforms be sure to drop a follow drop a review if you're able um drop a five-star review if you're able to do that uh and then if you're on youtube be sure to leave a like comment and subscribe if you enjoyed i hope you guys did enjoy this one it was fun again to hop on the mic and record an episode i'm, I'm looking forward to the matches this week i'm really ready to get to a tournament though i'm getting into that lull again of the year where i'm kind of bored of regular season uh, i'm sick of this format i'm sick of the regular season i'm ready to get the tournaments i'm ready to get the champs so i'm excited to watch the tournament coming up here in a few weeks uh and we've got some good matches this weekend that i am excited for so tune into those hope you guys enjoy watching the matches this weekend uh this has been ryan with the cdl podcast and i will see you guys in the next one thanks for watching everyone